Welcome to Emran's podcast, episode number 22. This is your host, Suman Silwam. Effort more than talent will always inspire. Visit emrans.com to get 20% discount on Seven Bridges Marathon and Four Bridges Half. I'd like to welcome Dane Rausenberg to Emron Podcast. Dane, how are you doing today? Doing very well. Thank you very much for having me on. How's your running going this hot day of summer? Very well. We are having a a little bit of a heat wave here in Portland. I think it's supposed to be 100 degrees today. So how's the weather in Portland? Is it humid and hot like uh, down here in south in Alabama, or is it a little different for you? I don't think anything's like Alabama, Um, but uh, we're luckily in spite of all the green and, and the supposed rain that we get, it's not too humid up here. So it's much more palatable than the South. What kind of daily run do you do? You know, that really all depends on what I'm training for, whether it's, you know, a triathlon or a, which don't come as much as, as usual. But, uh, you know, I usually go for about eight miles a day is, is, is a normal run, but it really depends on what I have on, on the, uh, the docket. Talking about running, can you Tell us about your running journey, how you started running, and how far have you gone so far? Sure. Uh, you know, I'm best known for running 52 consecutive weekly marathons back in 2006, uh, long before the current marathon craze had started. And um, most people find not the fact that I just did 52 marathons to be impressive, but rather that I did them every single weekend without fail at a at an effort that was above and beyond anything that I personally can do. So it wasn't necessarily the speed at which I ran them, but the effort of which I gave. Mostly, the perfect example is I set uh, seven new PRs in that year when my fastest marathon going into the year was a 307. So I ended up running, uh, eventually running a 259. So I gave you know more than 100%. And then from there, um, my world definitely changed in trying to explore and push myself to the longest and furthest that I could go. And I'm still hoping to continue to do that. Talk about running uh, 52 marathons in 52 weeks. How, how difficult was that journey for you? Without a doubt, the lack of knowledge on how to do something like that was the most challenging part. In today's day and age with social media being what it is and many more marathons out there it's it's infinitely easier if i were to to do the same thing today as a 30 year old back when i did it i I would be much more armed with information and opportunities that i didn't have back 10 years ago and there are i think three times as many marathons in the united states today as there were back in 2006 which makes just logistically it much easier to do Uh, couple that with the fact that um, I continued to work a full-time job while I was running the 52 marathons, and I had only been running really for two years when I started it. So there was a whole bunch of unknown going into that. So um, with the fact that I knew that at any point, if I missed a single weekend, the whole year was kaput. There was no uh, tripling up on a long weekend or, or making up a little three-mile run that I ran eight times and called it a marathon. These were actually certified real marathons. And so the challenge was much more just than running 26.22 miles every weekend. That really, in and of itself, is not all that challenging per se. It was all the other logistics and everything else that went with it that made it so challenging. What didn't motivate you to do 52 marathons in 52 weeks? 
looking back, it's hard to know exactly where the idea came from. I found that what I thought was that I was very good at running with very little recovery time. So I threw together a few marathons in a short period of time to kind of test that hypothesis and found that for some reason I seem to do much better when I don't recover as quickly. So it was soon after that that I started piecing together the entire 52 marathon journey and um, took about seven to eight months of, of continual planning to try to go out there and challenge myself. And next thing I know, I was, I was knee deep in the whole thing. So whenever you ran this 52 marathons in 52 weeks, did you try to uh, stay close to your current locations or did you go around the country or how did, how did that work for you? As I mentioned, there weren't as many marathons back then. So it was kind of just a, a dollars and cents unromantic routine of trying to find marathons that cost me the less amount of money possible. Um, I was living in the greater Washington, D.C. area at the time, so I was able to um, drive to 13 of them, but I still I flew to 39 of them. So um, it was just trying to get to each marathon with the least dent in my own pocketbook. Gotcha. Since then, what have you done to, to challenge yourself? It's funny because when people ask you where do you see yourself in five years, I always laugh because when I was doing the 52 marathons, I was interviewing to be uh, in governmental intelligence in D.C. And then because of the way that my life turned out with the running, I, I made running my life. And so I challenged myself occasionally by picking up everything that I had moving out to Salt Lake City to start working in the running industry. Um, and then from an aspect of physically – I tried to continue to challenge and push myself as far as I could. I ran the 202-mile American Odyssey Relay, which is a 12-person relay that is in uh, Gettysburg to Washington, D.C. I ran that by myself in a time of 50 hours and 16 minutes. Then a few years later, I ran the entire coast of Oregon, which is a little over 350 miles in seven days. And what I try to do with my challenges is not just – push my own boundaries, but try to show other people what they can do when they do it themselves. So most of my endeavors also include a little bit of talking to kids at school or trying to really, uh, you know, inspire others to, to, to push their own boundaries. So it's a, it's kind of a twofold thing. Um, on top of just running further and further, I've tried to dabble in as many sports as possible, uh, obstacle course racing, triathlon, uh, aquathon, swimming events, and I just want to uh, see what I can do and try to push myself further. So, so far, what is the furthest distance events have you run from from the race to any, anything you have done? Well, that 202-miler, that was the longest I've ever run in one stretch. Um, I've done one official 100-miler. Well, I've completed one official 100-miler. I've, I've attempted it three times. Had a DNF at mile 87 in my first 100 miler, and dropped to a 50 mile option in my second. So, uh, at one stretch, it's 202 miles. But the the 350 miles I did up the coast of Oregon was one. Uh, I created an event called Dane to Davenport, which was from Dane, Wisconsin to Davenport, Iowa, which is about 165 miles that I did in three days, and then the next day ran the Quad Cities Marathon in a time of 3:30. So. 
I combined both, you know, long distance with trying to, you know, throw in a little bit of speed as well. So uh, I guess the long answer to your short question is, is 202 miles is the furthest that I've run in one setting. Before we finish this topic here, can you uh, tell us uh, what does it take to go ultra distance like what you have done? Well, it, really, honestly, um, the one thing that I've learned about running is the more that I learn, the more I realize I don't, I don't really know anything. And the more I hear people talk about what they have known about the sport and try to, you know, call themselves experts or elites or things like that. I, I often laugh because, um, I realize that they don't know nearly as much as they think they do, or they, or they would know how little there is for one person to gain from all this experience. And the most you can do is find out what works best for you. And that requires trial and error and a lot of error and putting one foot in front of the other and finding what your body can handle. Over the past few years, I've learned that I have Gilbert syndrome and Gilbert syndrome is a, is a condition of the liver that means basically I don't recover as well as normal people because from, from hard exercise, which is pretty funny because that's the one thing that I'm best known for is recovering quickly. And for some reason, uh, I, when you run like I had done, I shouldn't be able to do what I do. And so that just really shows that mind over matter isn't just a catchy little phrase. Uh, it really, it really works. And so Ignorance truly was bliss for me with regards to being able to uh, just decide that I was going to do something and, and physically overcome my genetic makeup. And so that, amongst anything else, is how I try to show people that you might have limitations, but if you keep pushing yourself, those limitations get further and further away from where they originally started. Switching the topic a little bit here, you have written uh, several books. Can you talk about some of the books that you have written? Absolutely. My, my first book was called Sea Day and Run, and it was more like a journal of the 52 marathon year. And it was uh, simply just trying to, to inspire people to chase their own dreams. My second book is called 138,336 Feet to Pure Bliss, and it's an homage to the number of feet that are in a marathon. And it is a collective tome about – all the things that I've learned about just everything in the first running of my hundred marathons that I had done. And so it's, I've been fortunate to become good friends with many of the great marathoners in history out there, as well as runners in general, and have tried to glean as much information from them as I could and put it down into one book form. Uh, so it's anecdotal, humor it's my own stories it's people i met along the way it's training tips it's really just it's really just a mind dump of everything that i i had learned my third book was a collaboration it's called running with the girls and it talks about uh the stories of 17 different women who we found quite inspiring and we thought that it filled the gap of many books out there which usually fall into one of two categories and that was either the unbelievably amazing or those who had overcome unbelievably hard, difficult times. And while those are both wonderful things to, to talk about, we felt that there is a great big gap of people out there that 
might not necessarily have come over the most difficult of hardships and they might not necessarily be the most talented of people, but they still have an inspiring story nonetheless. So we focused on those those 17 people. And uh, so those are the three books that I've currently written and I'm, I'm currently working on my fourth right now. That sounds like already a lot of books you, you have out there, a lot of content. How does it work to write a running book and run and, and all all the things you do? Is it something very difficult for you or is it a challenging task or is it one of those challenges that you have put it out, out there for yourself to do? It's funny. Most of the things that we look at doing, the challenge doesn't come from the thing itself. The running of the marathons, like I said, was pretty easy. The writing of a book, at least for me, comes very easily. I, I like to write. But it's the execution afterwards that is difficult. It's the putting together of the marathons or it's the getting the book published and then getting people to read it. Uh, we don't live in a society that reads books much anymore. And there is such a proliferation of books out there. And while it's great that it has become easier to publish, as such, there's, there's a great amount of literature out there that maybe necessarily didn't need to be published. And so differentiating yourself from other books is very difficult these days. So uh, finding a, a good publisher and a good way to catch lightning in the bottle is the hardest part you know when you when you're an author or a writer and you see things that you don't think are the best quality uh really catching on amongst people you kind of bang your head a little bit um you know the number of people who've read 50 shades of gray but haven't read other great running books just drives me insane so it's uh it's really, I mean, people always ask me for advice on things, and I say I often feel like I've probably done it the worst way possible. So uh, my advice would be follow, don't follow what I've done whatsoever, and you'll probably have an easier time getting things done. Let me ask you a couple of other questions uh, related to running. What kind of training plan do you follow? Do you have any training plans, or are you just run and run every day? Well, I definitely don't just run every day. Um, I'm a big proponent of a lower mileage plan, especially for most people. Uh, we see what the elite do and we try to copy that. And I think that's folly because we aren't elite. And um, I do some online coaching from people. and I learn while I'm putting their coaching plans together, actually a little bit about myself as well and try to dial back a lot of them. The hardest thing for most runners to do is not run, take a day off, take a rest, they see zero in their logbook as failure when it's recovery. So my training plan, because of the different types of events that I do, uh, is not necessarily as structured as it could be. But I find that I get along fairly well doing what I do with regards to the, the different types of events and all the traveling, which comes with when you're doing book signings at expos, you know, you're, it's a, it's a tiring thing because you spend two, eight hour days talking to people and it's wonderful, but it really cuts into your training. So my training plan is, is kind of a mishmash of a lot of things, but I really, um, try to get in about 50 miles a week, which is a good average for me. It's usually not much higher than that, depending on what I'm training for. Um, but that's, that's a good average for me. Sounds like my training plan, but I've used to follow training plans, but lately I'm just running whenever I can and wherever I can. So that's kind of hit it. That's that's the way I'm doing lately. So you know that's 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 a good thing. I mean, really, sometimes we just need to run for fun, and uh, of course, a lot of people think basically just run for fun all the time. And I think 
there's something to be said about racing. Racing is wonderful. Racing is a great thing and it's supposed to hurt and it's supposed to be challenging. And, but sometimes you just got to take a break, take three, four months off and just, just enjoy a little bit of jogging here and there, you know, that sort of thing. The only problem for me is being an ultra runner myself. It's a lot of jogging lately, so. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm training for a marathon at this moment. I'm trying to go fast. I try to put some uh, speed work and hills, hill work and stuff like that, but it's difficult. Well, there's an absolute difference between running ultra marathons and running even just a marathon. And when I when I say even, I mean now they're they're different events by by and large. And what you train for one, it's it's amazing to me. I was talking to a friend who's training for a 50 miler and her coach had her doing a one mile time trial. And I thought, why the hell are you doing a one mile time trial? I said, there's nothing that's good. That's going to come from that. Your time isn't going to be that fast and it's going to hurt your ego. And what's the point of seeing how fast you can run for one mile when you're trying to run 50, you know, they're completely different, different sports for sure. The problem for me is uh, just, I my once the season start, my uh, racing will be anything from marathon to a 5K to marathon to 50K to 100 miles or so. You know, just I have a mismatch of all all the races. So Right, right. So, so running those one mile and trying to figure out how, how fast I can go one mile can help me to probably help me in a marathon, but like you said, not in a 50 miler. Not even in a marathon, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe 5K. So let's talk about uh, some of the nutrition plan you follow. Do you follow any nutrition plan or uh, like I was asking earlier in training, do you just eat whatever you, you, you can eat? I, I try to eat healthy. I mean, but I don't, I don't kill myself over it. If I want to eat a, you know, a Kit Kat at midnight, I'm going to eat a Kit Kat at midnight. That's fine. But I do that because I balance out uh, my eating with, um, I'm, I'm a big supporter of eating lean beef. I'm a, uh, uh, been, been a spokes runner for the team beefs that are across the United States for the past five or six years now. And uh, I find that for my body, I process uh, eating lean beef protein and it works very well for me. And so what I try to tell people is, as with training, you've got to find what works well for you. And you, the only way you can do that is through experimentation. And um, do I still love pasta and eating carbs? Absolutely. But, uh, I can, I find that I perform best when I'm, uh, have a diet that's mixed with, you know, vegetables and fruits and everything, but has a high, uh, percentage of it comes from lean beef. Bringing back to some of the distance race you do or events that you attend, what, what are the, some of the locations or you have been or some of the highlights of things you do? I haven't traveled the world to race as much as I would like. Um, not without a doubt. I mean, I would love to go other places. And honestly, if I could run a race in every single country in the world, that would be my dream. I mean, if I ever hit the lottery, you know, I wouldn't buy cars. I wouldn't buy houses. I'd buy plane tickets to, you know, Thailand and, and, and France and stuff like that. Um, uh, it's actually been one year, uh, since I made my first trip to run a marathon in Europe, I ran in Reykjavik, Iceland, and then, very, uh, very coolly ran a marathon a week later in Rauschenberg, Germany, which is, you know, my namesake. And uh, it was really neat to run in a city that was 750 years old. 
uh, and got a was treated like royalty by some of the, the race directors of the race, told them that I wanted to run this race many months in advance. So I've been, you know, to Germany and, and Iceland now, and uh, I've run a couple of races in in uh, Korea and also in China and expect to be back there for a couple of events next year, Great Wall Marathon and, and a, the Shangri-La Ultra Marathon. But I've never been to the entire continent of Africa and honestly, there's, I just, I really wish that I could see more of the world. But one thing that I'm pretty proud of is I've, I've seen the heck out of the United States. We have an amazingly diverse country here. And some of the states which people don't necessarily think about with regards to their beauty, they'd be quite surprised if they, if they booked a race there. Even states like Oregon, where I currently live for the next, well, basically 10 days, um, it's a, it's a diverse state in and of itself. Most people think of Oregon, they think of Portland with its green lushness, but Eastern Oregon is high desert. It actually has a, the deepest gorge in the United States, even deeper than the Grand Canyon. And so there's great running anywhere, you know, in your backyard. You don't need to go to Cambodia or Australia to see something cool. You can you know, go to Boise or Paducah, Kentucky or something like that. Yeah, definitely. One of my goals as I go forward, I'd like to cover more states, run either road marathon or ultra marathons. Dana, are you ready for Amron's sprint round? Bring it on. What type of shoes do you wear? I wear Carhu. It's a Finnish shoe company, uh, oldest shoe company in the world. I've been wearing them for about four years now, and I find that they're pretty fantastic. I've never heard about them. Yeah, that's, that's you know, it's funny. I It's K-A-R-H-U, Carhu. It's Finnish for bear. And... Uh, it's amazing to me how much I talk about them and how many people say exactly what you say that they never heard of them. They're definitely more of a European known brand, so I'm doing everything I can to get people to, to learn about them here in the States. Maybe I need to get a pair if I run with it. Do they have road and trail both or only They road? had trail until a couple of years until about a year ago. They they dropped their trail shoe. But uh but I just ran a trail race and a pair of their, their road shoes, and they worked perfectly fine for me, and it was a difficult trail race. What type of GPS device do you use? I use the Timex uh, One GPS Plus presently. Um, I'm not huge on that sort of data type of stuff. I don't really care too much, but this one has, has all my needs. Do you track your miles? I do, but not with GPS. I usually track them out online first, You know, measure out what I'm going to do. Uh, I know that GPS is pretty unreliable, and people that you know, lose their heads when a race is long or short based on their own watch GPS need to realize that they're, they're, they're at best 95% accurate. <laughs> what is the fastest mile have you done? Back in high school, I ran a 450 mile one time. Um, uh, I, I think I could run under five minutes again as an adult here. And I'd like to give that a go maybe now that I'm a master's and, and try to do that. Uh, I'll be taking part in the Milwaukee Running Festival mile uh, on the first weekend of November up in Milwaukee and then doing a half marathon the next day. But that'll be fun. That sounds like fun. Yeah. What is your fastest 5K? My fastest 5K I think is a 1709. Um, that's another one that I think I could get under 17 if, if the conditions were right. I think you mentioned this already. What is your fastest marathon? Fastest marathon is a 249.36. Ran that in Ogden, Utah. And I know that I could go faster in there if the conditions were good. Are you a strictly a road runner, trail runner, or both? 
I like to, I mean, who doesn't like to run on the trails? I mean, they're beautiful. It's great to, to really get out there and, and see mother nature. But for the most part, I like to race on the road because I like to go as fast as I can. And the road is the place to go as fast as you can. What is your favorite race? Uh, that's a, I have no idea. I, I, I hope honestly that I haven't run it yet. That's, that's my answer is I hope that someday I will have a race that just blows me away. Um, but there are so many good races out there. That's one of the reasons why I'm writing this next book, which is a hundred must run races in North America is so I can impart to others all the cool races that are out there. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Are you a downhill racer or uphill climber? Oh, far and away. I'm a downhill runner. Uh, I just ran a race in, in Maryland this past weekend. It was a trail race and it, it really is astonishing to me not only how much better I am than most people running downhill, but how much worse I am than virtually everybody running uphill. <laughs> what type of hydration plan do you use this hot day of summer? I'm kind of a camel. Uh, I don't process foods and liquids very well when I'm running. So I try to make sure that I'm as properly hydrated and fueled as possible when I go on a run. But if I have to uh, when I'm running, it's mostly um, – I take my liquids in a camelback handheld or on a on a, a small backpack. What inspires you? People do. And and, I, and, I, and that seems flippant, but they don't have to be fast. They don't have to be slow. They don't have to be able-bodied. They don't have to be disabled. Just time and time again, when people are trying to better themselves, that is what inspires me. It's It's something about watching a person take what they have and trying to squeeze all they can out of that. That's what impresses me more. Effort more than talent will always inspire me. Is there any book beyond your books that that you recommend to anybody to read? Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, my books would probably be way down on the list of what I would recommend to people to read. My books often are, are a, a mismatch of all the books that I have read. Um, there are so many running books out there. Anything written by Dr. George Sheehan is pretty much enjoyable and spot on even decades later. Anything written by Joe Henderson, one of the men who created Runner's World, um, he's written, I've, gosh, I don't know, countless 30, 40 books on running. And it was just an absolute sage. I mean, just go to a Goodwill store and go to the running section and pick up about five books and you're almost guaranteed to get at least three good ones. What are your morning routines for running? There are no morning routines for running for me. I am not a morning person. That's one of the greatest things I've ever been self-employed. I, I do not function well in the mornings. I am 100% a, a night runner or an evening runner. Last but not least, is there a race that you have not run and love to run one day? There is probably a list of 100 races that I haven't run that I want to run. Uh, Without a doubt, the Comrades Marathon in South Africa pops into my head, but that's just simply because that's what popped into my head. I mean, there are really hundreds and hundreds of races. The only thing stopping me are, are monetary units in my pocket to get me there and weekends in the year. <laughs> <laughs> Before we conclude this interview, can you give us a word of advice to um, all the runners that listen to you at this moment to challenge themselves beyond what they do and try to discover what what they can find or find through running. I've learned from my running that 70% of the time, you're going to be pretty unhappy with how your run went. 
And that usually comes because we have high expectations for ourselves. And so if you simply recall or remember that most of the time your runs are not going to go as you would hope that they will, but the mere fact that you get to be out there doing it, going out there challenging yourselves and being allowed to be disappointed with how you went shouldn't in and of itself be an inspiration to you. It should inspire you to the mere fact that you have this opportunity to do such a wonderful thing, to, to ambulate, to cover ground with your own feet, or if you're in a wheelchair on in wheels. I mean, it is a, a fortunate thing that we have. And so don't let setbacks set you back. Uh, everything that you experience is a learning lesson and simply just continue to do what you can to move forward. That sounds like a great advice. Thanks for your time. Hope to catch you some somewhere in the race or event or, or expo like we did at a, a Derby Marathon Expo. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Yeah.